Do you admit that U and J are pretty similar in terms of letter shapes? I mean, it's like a, a U that you like pulled up on. It's, it sounds similar. Yeah. Uh, let's do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm JJ Artimez. And I'm Andy Kinney. And today we're going to be talking about Pokemon Snap, uh, which was released in 1999 on the Nintendo 64 and was developed by HAL Laboratory and Pax Softnica. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, Pax Softnica? Yeah. A uh, development company so completely unheard of, they don't have a Wikipedia page. Oh, no. Do they have a Google result? I Pax didn't search Softnica? it. Pa- yeah. I'll... Is it because it's impossible for you to remember that combination of letters um, and syllables? It does seem weird. There's a lot of... There are two consonants right next to each other with no vowel in between. <laughs> it's a little bit ridiculous. But... Is as ridiculous as the concept for Pokemon Snap. Yes. Um, but <laughs> the only thing I wanted to say there was that, like, Hal is, at least in 99, is, like, very much a prolific second-party developer, as they did, like, Kirby and Smash Brothers. And, and Pokemon Stadium, didn't they? Yeah. It's, yep. uh, yeah, Sak- it's Sakurai's, well, Sakurai, like, works there. Yeah. Um... As did Iwata, actually. It's a very, like... It, basically, it's it's cool that they uh, worked on, on these, like, a, a few 64 games. Um, but you don't really associate them with Pokemon Snap. No, that yeah. was way pre-them becoming, like, personalities in any meaningful sense of the world. This is before, like, personalities in, like, console game development was even really a thing. Right. Yeah. Also, Googling it, Pax Sapnigo appears to just have been, like, a second-party developer that they didn't... That just kind of, like, is now defunct. Oh. Like, they're just an older developer. Probably <laughs> got consumed by a larger one. Yeah. One of those old-timey guys that only kind of exists now to mostly, like, churn out or fix problems with, like, mobile ports of games <laughs> that no one cares about. Like the DS version of Call of Duty 4 or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't think well, they're quite that bad. Yes. I, I guarantee... I'd... That wasn't just a joke? No. No, that's... In fact, I remember, there, there have been... Call of Duty ports to the DS, the original DS. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, the more you know, <laughs> they couldn't really keep up with all the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just too good because you just pop headshots, 360 <laughs> no scope, MLG Pro. Blizz it. Anyway, so we're talking about Pokemon Snap today. Yeah. Um, and it's such. This is such an oddity of a game, um, especially in '99. It's it's so specific. <laughs> Yes. To, like... Because when... It's like the only... It's the only Pokemon game where you don't, like, collect Pokemon, really. You, you're kind of... You're taking pictures. You generate a collection of photos. Mm-hmm. But they're all the same, and it's in this, like, rail shooter kind of format. But with photographs. <laughs> is, I have no idea where this idea could have even come from, really. Well, wasn't there some kind of, like, proprietary hardware that this was initially developed for that ended up not getting released? This would be news to me if it was the case. Oh, it was the something something DD. Oh, the disk uh, drive. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It was originally going to be a CD game. Okay. And this was going to be like one of the like big old things. Like the, one they of the did. flagship, one the killer, killer apps. apps. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it is just an on-rail shooter. 
Right. But where you take pictures instead of shoot things. <laughs> and I, I have to imagine the idea came from... This came out after Pokemon Stadium or before? I don't know. They definitely share models. Find that in one second. Yeah, because uh, I had to imagine, like, making a Pokemon game in 3D. People were like, this is cool. Wouldn't it be fun to, like, do more things and be able to, like see the Pokemon like up close in like in 3D models well this came out uh, Japanese release dates I believe this came out it definitely came out in America before okay. Pokemon okay. Stadium did Stadium was released in 2000 that sort of matches up with the timeline since even now looking back on it I still get the sense knowing that this was released in 99 that this whole game was kind of rushed to meet in with like the complete madness that was going on in 1999 <laughs> about Pokemon. Pokemania. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, okay, there's a lot of insanity and like people would have bought a Pokemon game no matter what it contained as evidenced by Hey, hey You Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just seems like kind of an off-the-wall concept for a just like for a game for a game that was you know, it's ostensibly published by Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, for a triple A game. Yeah. This was what this kind of game is one hundred percent the kind of thing that if it was made in the modern day would have some kind of like goofy peripheral attached to it. Right. Or like a motion control like, device. Hey, you, Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm stunned that even at the time they couldn't think of some like bullshit thing to plug into the back of the N sixty four controller port. I can imagine I bet like that they, I bet they had a prototype. Yeah. I would imagine, because, like, as a, like, at least, because I think the Game Boy cartridge reader that you could plug into the back of uh, the, controller. the controller yeah, was a thing that shipped with Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, it was. It did. Right. So, this came out a year before that, but had the timeline been reversed, you would have had... I'm imagining the horrible combination of that and then the Game Boy camera. Oh, God. Yeah, you could somehow put motion control into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. This is perfectly the kind of bullshit that they would have all sort of created out of some kind of strange pl- plastic device now. They'd have to ship Pokemon Snap with the Game Boy Reader and the Game Boy Camera, camera. if they wanted to do that. <laughs> or, I think it would be easier probably to just make, like, a designated gyroscope peripheral that yeah. plugs in the controller. But I feel like no one was thinking about the idea of, like, waving their N64 controller around in the air. Right. Especially since you can't really use it like a viewfinder anyway, because yeah. it's a, a chunk of M-shaped plastic. <laughs> so it would be kind of difficult. <laughs> and you couldn't even use the, the Game Boy camera with, um, like, the Wide Boy 64 that played <laughs> the wide. Uh, Game Boy games, because you would then have to lift your whole console. <laughs> and actually, thinking about it even further, I don't even think the Game Boy camera had a gyroscope, actually. I, I think don't it just projected the static image, and you moved it because it was a Game Boy. Yeah. 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 So this would be an impossible thing to do. At but, the time, yes. Yeah. More importantly... At the time of this recording, it would be super easy to make a Pokemon Snap game yep. or a camera-based game that would be fucking cool and people would like it. Yep. On most of Nintendo's current hardware. Yeah. yeah. Almost 100% of their current hardware. <laughs> yeah, it was like a big, 
like, I don't know, the thing. I don't know a better word for it. Yeah. Like, when the Wii... Phenomenon. Sure. When, like, the (laughs) Wii came out, everyone was like, it would be great to do a Pokemon Snap game. With the pointer. With the pointer and the Wii remote. And then that never happened, obviously. And then people said the same thing with the Wii U gamepad. Which is, like, even better. But it was even even more appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can use it like a camera... What, we did get the Fatal Frame game. We did. Yeah. Which is like Pokemon Snap if the Pokemon were horrifying and trying to kill you. <laughs> and if the game had a story. Right. Pokemon Snap has a story. It's one sentence long, but it is there. <laughs> I would argue that it has... Get it, pictures of Pokemon. Get paid. <laughs> and get a picture of Mew. Yeah. They did get a, like... The, the arduous journey to get the picture of Mew is at least like an implied narrative. Yeah, there's the cutscene at the beginning where Todd almost gets a picture of Mew, but doesn't. Yeah. Right. Which is weird in yeah. itself. And then you have to do, like, there's all the progression sequences where you have to go back and get all of the photographs of the, the mystical... Yeah, Pokemon signs. Yeah. I think that... Which implies kind of like that Mew was leaving a crumb trail for somebody to come find him. <laughs> Muse is kind of that. That fits in with the narrative of Mew, I think. Yeah, uh, like a trickster. I don't know if he's like necessarily a, a trickster. Yeah, he's playfully likes people. It's a sprite. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not pun not intended. Right. Is this game used three D models and not sprites? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Cut um, from the cast. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think we we'll, we will probably come back to this because it's a. It's kind of a big deal how many people like this game. It's important for the legacy of this game that mm-hmm. there are that many people who, like, you know, wax poetic about it. But more in, like, to how this game actually, like, is. Yeah. Uh, all things considered, it's it's a really small game. You, you mentioned that it was, that, that you felt like it was probably rushed out mm-hmm. to meet demands of, of like, Pokemon fans. <laughs> To be thrown into the maw of Pokemon fans. Yeah. (laughs) Eight to 12 year olds all over the country, myself included. Yeah. Yep. To make them the fattest stacks (laughs) of cash. But this game has really just six levels. um, And and Rainbow Cloud as the seventh level, which is, is barely even a level. And it has 63 Pokemon. And since it actually contains Mew, that's 63 out of 151, not 150. So it seems crazy. Like, it, it, like I feel like, the, I mean, the levels I'm sure took effort to create, right? Yeah. yeah. And No. No. <laughs> no effort. They just kind of slapped them together. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like with just, like, a little bit more time, like, they had the engine, they had all the models because of Pokemon Stadium. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been... Well, we don't know they had all the models done. This, yeah, well, we established like this came out before Pokemon right. Stadium. But so. it came out in 99 in America, and I didn't actually see it yet. Like, I didn't see it. Well, they were being developed stuff. around the same time. Right. But uh, Stadium released in Japan in 99 in April. Like, well, early, early of 99. So, yeah, they probably could have borrowed the models yeah. from Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> uh... Could it have been a memory thing? It's possible. I mean, who knows, really, with uh, development in that day and age. Mm-hmm. I mean, the game has some hints within it of, like, weird tiny memory concerns. Like, the fact that you can only save 60 photographs. 
Yeah. Like, even the notion of, like, you could only have X number of photographs in any piece of, like, software. That's. Mm. I remember having, like, digital cameras in the early 2000s that can only save, like, 50 pictures. Yeah. Just weird. It's the difference in memory, I guess, but. But you think those memory concerns are the reason why they had the blockbuster tie-in printer? <laughs> a blast from the past. Oh, yeah. There's so many... Like, there are things... Okay. This that, is a, we're, we're getting into a thing that is, like, my primary issue with the game, which is not something that could have been helped in 1999. But uh-huh. it's a game almost specifically designed to make blockbuster money. It's, like, the well, best rental <laughs> game ever made, and they incentivize you to come specifically to Blockbuster to rent it. Yeah, like, if you go to Blockbuster and rent the game and like it, and then a week later they come out with the Blockbuster printer, and you're like, oh, shit, gotta go rent it again. (laughs) (laughs) Play through the game again, and then print out my pictures. You know, I don't... I honestly didn't even think about any, like, nefarious marketing. (laughs) Largely probably because I was less than 10 years old and mm-hmm. probably was just super into the idea right. of printing my pictures. Yeah, you were just going around being all like, oh shit, printers! Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, I feel like it, it wasn't as relevant here because I don't like, did Blockbuster even have any competition here? They had, like, extreme local competition but yeah. nothing even... Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sure it Mom existed. Mom and Pop video stores. Yeah. Hollywood Video as, like, a, a weird, like, sort of the big K brand of Blockbuster <laughs> rental stores. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that counts. <laughs> you think? Well, you don't even think Hollywood Video counts as the big K of video. No, stores? I mean I don't think that counts as competition for Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's the thing. It is by definition competition. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, but Blockbuster was obviously the like big thing. It's funny that they got basically shut down by a vending machine, and then those <laughs> got shut down by your laptop at home. So, uh, oh God. Yeah, n- Redbox was, like, part of the cultural conversation for... I don't know, like, 25 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually feel it was, like... It, it was lasted. relevant for about the length of Pokemon Snap. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah. I can't... That's really astonishing to think about how quickly we've moved through, like, weird blockbuster replacements. Yeah. <laughs> Video rental store replacements. we got to use the, the generic terms. <laughs> We're not showing brand loyalty to a now defunct DVD rental location. <laughs> Even though they gave you beautiful pictures of your crappy photography skills and Pokemon. How long did? Never mind. Fuck it. Let's stop talking. About totally. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> the thing that I was going to talk about before all of this. Okay, let's, uh, let's get back on track. Yeah. That Blockbuster only plays a minor role in is that this game gives you a camera and says, like, take pictures of it. Like, fulfill all of your Pokemon photography fantasies uh, with your N64 at home, but then applies these, like, stringent rules to how the photograph should look. (laughs) And not only that, but, like, has the special photographs, which I think is just a bad idea. Um, and the reason for it being that, like, the best photograph of any given Pokemon is likely going to be very similar, mm-hmm. and you get docked points for doing something, like, creative or, un- like, yeah. but then they, 
they want you to be like, look at your unique photos that we told you were shit in game. <laughs> Go to Blockbuster, print them out, print them out on your Game Boy camera, like or your print Game Boy printer. So you have a sticker of them and put them on your wall like an idiot, like I did. Uh, yeah, this is a weird tension that would never exist in the modern day. I feel like it was part of the justification back then to make it feel that they didn't feel like just taking photos of Pokemon was enough for their like tiny video game that they were releasing. Right, they had to have been conscious of like how little actual like game time they were putting out with all the like the model work that they were doing and all the different interactions they were making. Mm-hmm. So I think they were self conscious about that and just felt like they had to apply the point value and in order to yeah. at least it adds tension and I like that. Well the thing like I feel like the like the judgment system of the game yeah. it sounds way harsher than it is. <laughs> the it like oh praises you pretty much at every like step of the way. Yeah. You take a dumb picture of Slowpoke's ass, and he's like, your work is impeccable. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, and like, but the point system is, is valid in terms of like actually making the game feel like a game did in 1999. But like, I, don't, I don't think that a version of this game that was just freeform photography <laughs> would be better. Right. Necessarily, it's just that the technology wasn't quite there. Yeah, like, like where it couldn't like it, it judged on like very specific, predetermined. Yeah, there's an argument to be made that like a computer, like an AI, especially if one is rudimentary as whatever system is in place in Pokemon Snap, is going to be able to judge the quality of art. Right, <laughs> but when your art is like defined vignettes of 3D models that you created, you can kind of make... You can fudge the numbers and make something that can relatively, like, capture what you've taken a photo of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think part of... Uh, I don't know if 8- to 12-year-olds in 1999, it was really practical to say that they could have taken this approach, but when we were playing it now, I, th- I think I had more fun just treating Oak's scores as if Oak was a separate character and not as if the scores were a judge of my performance. Right. Like, going into the screen, you'd be like, oh, man, what's Oak going to think of this one? And then you like, get all <laughs> tense and wait for his little scorecard. I feel like that's closer to how I would have felt when I was eight, though. Yeah, right? I feel like that's how I've always perceived it or whatever. Yeah. Like, o- like Oak is just genuinely, like, like pouring over yeah. these faces and, like, these two are really good. I don't know which one. I mean, I'll leave He's it up like to sweating. you. He's like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> this is fighting magma. We can only <laughs> keep one of these, man. <laughs> every the other weird every time thing. you like deliver photographs to Oak, it's like he opened a pack of Pokemon cards. Like yeah. he's just super pumped about. I'd like everything. to think that like after I showed him that Slowpoke ass picture, he like printed it out and put it on his wall. Yeah, it's in a calendar. <laughs> Slowpoke is the Pokemon of April. Yes, his work is really impeccable. <laughs> it's wall worthy. <laughs> okay, so you recoiled a bit when I said I don't agree. That might be kind of a strong term for what you did. You gave me a minorly skeptical look. I said that I feel like the special photographs are like not good. Oh, um, I I guess. Upon you explaining it like you did, it makes more sense. But I always remember that being, like, my favorite part about the game as a kid. But, yeah, like, 
judging it from like my like from now like looking back and as an adult uh it does it makes repeat playthroughs feel a little bit too samey yeah. like you're always going to be going for that one specific peak picture of you know pikachu on the balloons <laughs> you know <laughs> you like pikachu on the balloons. yeah so hard yep yeah i i think that the like actually getting those pictures is a cool thing yeah but then once you've done it you know it's like that's what you're always going to do again yeah and it, it kind of enforces that, like, homogeneity where you could take a really great picture of Jigglypuff, but then, like, have singing Jigglypuff just always wins. Yeah. Because they just give you points for it. Mm-hmm. If they just judge them on the same criteria they judge every other picture, I feel they'd be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The technology just really wasn't there at the time, I think. For them to be able to have like the kind of emergent system photography thing that we would prefer in the modern day, because mm. the most going back at it, once now that we know all the secrets and all the silly little side stuff we can do in Pokemon Snap, it's what we want to have is like enormous Metapod eye photograph of like <laughs> terror and fear, but it the game isn't can't really be designed around those sort of instances occurring mm-hmm. like they give you some control with like the apples in order to try and force things in certain directions so because they have to they want to keep it like a one joystick game mm-hmm. that sort of limits their ability that and the fact that they had to make it a rail shooter because they couldn't just build like a 3d world on the n64 for you to walk around in and take pictures at least not in whatever time frame they were working with once the children yeah. began clawing at the door yeah not to think, mention that okay i was gonna say do you think they the idea started there mm. or do you think it was always like conceived as an on-rail shooter potentially I, my only evidence for that belief though is in the design of the cart that you're going around in mm-hmm. yeah but the fact that it looks less like a train and more like a go cart like a little right. buggy yeah that's uh, the, honestly that cart is really the the thing that like um, makes me unsure uh-huh. because I feel like anyone envisioning this game their first thought would be to do it like that like have you walk around yeah, and like take free pictures roaming. but every promotional image I've ever seen for this has Todd in the car in the zero one Z- whatever yeah. it's called uh, that, that thing Right. That's probably what the license plate says. That is probably what the license plate says. Mystery solved. Yeah. But, I mean, I was taking the car for granted. I was assuming you stay on the car the whole time. I was, because they need the car as an excuse for, like, why you don't get, get, yeah, why you don't get murdered, but eaten by everything. (laughs) They need the Jurassic Park sphere in order for, like, Todd to feel like he's not in danger and it's okay to to be fair, Todd should feel really endangered in the volcano level. Because, like, literally nothing safe is happening there. (laughs) Nope. You're like, Charizard is right in his grill. Yeah. Breathing fire. Yeah. You can make him breathe fire. And, uh, like, yeah, a bunch of things are breathing fire. Moltres is just dripping lava. Well, above yeah, you. also, it would just be way too hot for him to survive. Yeah. But this isn't the Pokemon universe. They can just make <laughs> up whatever technology they wanted. That's obviously. true. As yeah. a stipulation. They can yeah, turn I mean, matter into I energy. Mean, in so, the TV whatever. show, like, Blaine's gym is inside a volcano. Right. Like, an actual <laughs> volcano over the lava. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's so. fine. Yeah. Yeah, we could, you could do an entire podcast that's just talking about how goofy. Like the like Pokemon in the real world, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So like something you don't really want to consider, but sure. So yeah. instead, I'm going to latch on to earlier conversations about these sort of uh, very linear secrets that exist in the game in order to like maximize picture points. Right. We, we 
we've always been addressing this from the perspectives to sort of talking about it of three people who already know all of those things from the beginning because none of us came in fresh to this game. Yeah. But I think that that definitely has value as like a first time player. I think, I think this game without those entirely relying just totally on the sort of rare hysterical things you can catch in photograph in photographic form would be like way worse. I, I much prefer the fact that I can like throw stink bombs into the volcano to make a coughing appear and other tiny little interactions. Like if it was really like straight safari, I feel it would just be so uninteractive. Right. Well, I think you're like going thinking too far on the like opposite extreme. Like I think you could still theoretically have an open level, especially back on the N64, that was still linear. Like, you still had, like, a basic path to go along, but you could stray, mm-hmm. like, further from right. where you Right, it's not like Grand Theft Auto yeah. Pokemon photography. Yeah, like, I not, know. like, not open world, but, like, I, was I think, just like, the ideal, like, version of this game would have, like, a more open level structure like that. Agreed. But I was just referring to, like, the apples and the bombs that you had, and, like, the way that you just go, okay, I hit that with that apple, and then this will happen, and I take a picture of that. Right. I'm talking about that stuff that's really wrote to us now. Yeah. Like, you could keep, you could have an open world structure and still have a choice of whether or not you wanted to just be, like, a camera ghost flying around taking photos in a biome, or whether or not you were, like, a person that could throw apples and stick right. bombs and flutes and such. Yeah. I think I'll, you should throw the flute. You, you do. Really like this flute. Uh... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, my only argument against the because I actually I really like the special photos, um, like as a concept because it does add a little bit of variety and it gives you reason to replay and gives you because the unlock system in this game is based around points, like how many points you get in your Pokemon report. Mm-hmm. So, actually having those as like a means for progression where yeah. you can it, it allows for actual discovery in the game mm-hmm. which is really nice um the only issue that i take with it is just the uh like the the point bonus you get for them mm-hmm. but they would have to restructure like the whole unlock system for that to work yeah basically what this whole like first half of the podcast really is like leading up to i think is just like what is the ideal version of this game to exist. Like, if they actually made a second Pokemon Snap. Would you like a thesis statement from the two of us on what we think that is? <laughs> well, I'm just curious because, like, it seems that everything that we've picked out um, this tends to be these, like, things that are potentially limitations of the technology, potentially rush design, of maybe a little bit of, like, just not thinking quite far enough outside the box for the game. Yeah. And it's it we all have like ideas as to what could have been improved here. Yeah. Well, I guess I remember thinking like back when the Wii was the, the Wii. current console. Right, gotcha. Um that they should make a Pokemon Snap 2 and include literally all the Pokemon, which would have been way more doable then, because there's only 400-something. Yeah. <laughs> but now there's almost double that. Something like that? Yeah. God. So, I don't know if that's necessarily doable anymore. It probably right. is. Yeah. Uh, the but, technology is there. Yeah. But... 
It would be like hilarious amounts of work. So I would think, yeah, hilarious. Amounts oh, actually, of work. no, because we actually have three D models of all the Pokemon yeah. now. Do we have? They oh, didn't yeah. exist in ninety nine. No. Now they do because the mainstream Pokemon games are just three D. Which is why they keep porting the sprites over into like all the other games. So yeah. Yes. To not have to redo that work. Yeah, the black and white sprite, or the not black and white, but the X and Y sprites, uh, or models, are used in the Pokedex app on the three DS. Pokemon Go and like the weird web page thing. Weird can, web page thing? Like a Pokemon Trainer Club or whatever. They have like oh, mini games. I, I forgot about that. As well. Wasn't yeah. there like a brief period of time where you had to do that as the only way to get some bullshit for the hidden oh, abilities of black and white stuff? Yep. Yeah, the Dream World. God, that was what a botched idea. Yep. I mean, Pokemon <laughs> is full of botched ideas. Yeah, yeah. It just usually kind of pulls it together. But anyway, so. I guess include you. Uh, you would want to include literally all the Pokemon because I think if you don't, there's going to be too many people that were expecting that and will be disappointed. Right. Mm-hmm. What if you uh, included all of the Pokemon except for Clefki? That's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That is acceptable. <laughs> but then I guess yeah, it's it's become a numbers issue. I think then if you included literally all of them, the game would have to be fucking long as hell <laughs> to get all the Pokemon. So. I guess you'd probably... See, now I'm torn on this. <laughs> well, well, okay, well, I'll move past this. You you decide a certain number of Pokemon that is a lot more than just 60-some. The yeah, game 60 that we three. have now reuses a lot of Pokemon in its levels. Yes. Like, there are lots of Geodudes in the Rock levels, and Sandshrews and Mankeys, and Poliwags in the Rivered level, and all right. that sort of stuff. And yet all of the, like, potential... Of because it's cool to get like a group photo where you get like a bunch of them mm-hmm. and they reward you for doing it, but it's kind of squandered in the fact that like it can only happen occasionally and there's not like a situation where you could get like fourteen Pikachu in one area. Yeah, the apples aren't enough of a way because they had to like it sort of divided the tracks into individual vignettes as you go down it. Like the whole experience is. They must have researched a whole lot of Disney parks in order to try and figure out how they wanted to structure this. Yeah, it definitely has a theme park feel. Lots of set pieces. You're in the middle of your thesis, I apologize. Um, I'm just kind of spitballing. I used to have like a really clear like opinion, but like just how many Pokemon there are now kind of throws a wrench into it. Yeah. But um, then I think the you wouldn't want to have the free roaming but with like still linear levels i think it's still the ideal way to go and then you would want to have just more variety in the locations and you would have want to have probably like three times at least as many like courses yeah and like maybe more of a story i mean i feel like that's not as important but it would be something that i would appreciate of course it would be something you would appreciate yeah Man, I don't even know if even you would appreciate that. Uh, I mean, like, I don't want, like... Think about Game Freak's, like, quality of writing. True. I still still think their more simple attempts at stories are their best. Yeah. So... Like um, like Mount... Is it Mount Moon? No. It's the, like, Silver Mountain or whatever. Mount Cornet. No, no, in uh, Gold and Silver. Oh, oh, that's just just Mount Silver. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mount Silver is my general go-to is, like them just being, getting out of their own way so much and putting so much little there for you to connect the dots yourself that it ends right. up being this, like, incredible moment that everyone talks about. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, and when I say, like, 
more of a story. I still mean like super simple story, but just like yeah. something to pull you along, like give you a little bit more motivation. The modern Pokemon Snap would have to like, they had to play up exploration aspects of it a yeah. whole lot. They'd, yep. they'd want to distance themselves from like the the rail shooter aspects and how much the Pokemon are sort of put in your face now that we have the ability to have you go out and seek the Pokemon. Yeah. Like Far Cry Primal, but with happiness instead <laughs> yeah. of sadness. Yeah, and I also <laughs> feel like using the 3DS might actually be, like, the best, like, console to put it on. Because, mm-hmm. like, it already kind of, it's got the camera, it already kind of feels like a camera in your hands. It's got a built-in gyroscope that you could use to, like, look around further, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And having, I don't know, maybe you can use the AR, or whatever you call it, yeah, AR. AR cards, like some kind of functionality with the scanner yeah. in the game. Yeah. You find cards hidden in the actual world. Yeah. <laughs> uncover the crazy conspiracy of Pokemon across the entirety of the US and Japan. Yeah, I think yeah. like the main like thing people would want is like this expanded feeling of scope and like a more of an emphasis on like exploring and finding like unique situations yeah. in like larger but still linear levels. Mm. I feel like they kind of hedged their bets on that approach in the most bare bones form possible by adding the camera functionality into Pokemon Go. Yeah. 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 It's that's and it's so like half baked. Yeah. Too, because all it is is. Like, is there a Pokemon, like, comically hanging onto your friend's ass? Like, <laughs> take a picture of it. Yeah, Because, like, actually using the camera functionality is basically the same as just taking a screenshot. Yeah, yeah I, that feels it's like it could have been really great as, like, an optional, or, like, an additional, like, feature in a Pokemon Snap game. Mm-hmm. Where you can use that on the 3DS camera. Like, that, imagine that that's the... AR, like, functionality is that, like, you can, like, project Pokemon onto the real world and take pictures of them in goofy spots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that, like, with all the technology packed into the fucking 3DS, they would be the easiest, like, out-of-the-box solution for developing a new Pokemon style. Yeah, and, like, the stylus would probably be really, like... Stupid and lame. Yeah. I don't think projection's like the long term solution that you want because right, uh, you couldn't have like environmental interactions that are most of the fun that you have in Snap. Right. Like there you couldn't like find a AR volcano and I guess maybe if you went to cards. Hawaii yeah. and yeah. actually like, I, I approach the volcano. I don't think you could really incorporate it into like the the core of the gameplay. I think it would just have to be yeah. like a bonus feature. Yeah. The real world doesn't have level design. Yeah. It does not. They could maybe even have like a mini game or like some kind of like mode where you like project the Pokemon onto the real world and do something. Yeah. yeah. But what what they would definitely need is to sort of get rid of the like and now we're in the weird cutout beside a river where these three people are. And we get to the next weird cutout beside a river where these three are. It just yeah. has, like, literally the same design problems that we take with the original game, but, like, <laughs> like hastily shoehorned onto the real world. But, like, Google Maps says there's a lake here, throw three polywags and have them run along the, the edge of it. It'd be kind of weird. Yeah, they thought trying to make sprites for, like, 700 Pokemon was difficult. They can instead attempt to select locations for Pokemon in the entirety of the United States. Yeah, to attempt to create vignettes. That would be a little weird. Uh. So we've talked a bunch 
about what we think the game would be in the present day. What is it now? Well, the I like the reason for the conversation was basically to expand on what we kind of think are the flaws of this game. Yeah. Because it is like a flawed game, but it's a game that like everyone loves. Yeah. And that begs the question of why does everyone love this? Right. So like how do you guys actually feel about this game? Like do you like this game? I think the game without any secrets is trash. <laughs> <laughs> I think What do you mean by without any secrets? Like if, what do you mean by secrets? If I had situation? no apples, no pester balls, no flute. If it was just the camera and the rails and stuff happening. Okay. Uh, well you're just taking the whole game away from the game. I'm aware. It's because right, I'm not done with my secret. It seems like you stopped and paused for a while. It was just for effect because It was for just you know, thought right, anticipation. Right. I thought like Again, the, like, core conceit of the game, which is just you take photos of Pokemon on a prescribed rail, right. I actually don't think is that fun. I think what is fun is being feeling like you're in an environment and that you have limited interactions with these Pokemon. I like being able to hit them with apples. I like being able to lure them places with apples. I like Feeling like you can actually manipulate what's going on around you seems more engaging to me than just what I assume was the like elevator pitch for this game, which is the safari with Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, so, so the game in its present state, I, as sort of us going back, unless it's a party atmosphere where we can all sit around and like laugh at the hilarity of the things that happen accidentally on screen sometimes, right. I would never go back and play this game ever again like by myself because I've gotten everything out of it. I've, I know all the interactions because the interactions are so very prescribed. Uh, and, and, and the, the chance of me having the hilarious thing that I chuckle to myself at is so low that it just it, it doesn't have the replay value. It's why we kept. It's why this is like the rental game of all rental games. It's I feel like the interactions that are there are fun and amusing, but most of the appeal is just because it's goddamn Pokemon. <laughs> and they can literally sell anything with Pokemon attached. I know. If I can just like roll a little apple up in front of a Bulbasaur, he'll be like, ah! And, and then later, nipple. Professor Oak tells you that that was a great photo because of his happy face. Yeah. Yeah. So I need apples. And, okay. So I apologize if I'm, if I'm speaking out of turn here um, or like putting words in your mouth, but I feel like Andy and I both sort of disagree with that in in as much as the replay value. Yeah. So I know that I at least played this game over and over again, like, by myself, no one else was there, just, like, slowly perfecting my Pokemon report. Now, by perfecting, do you mean in the point values? Yeah, like, getting as high of a score as I could. Which is, I mean, gross and weird. <laughs> it's intentional. That's what the points are there for. It's the, the arcade element to mm -hmm. keep you... Like it, people who like to break high scores are going to like that aspect of the game. Right, but there's a distinction between finding the act of breaking a high score enjoyable and that being the purpose of your point system and attempting to optimize to a high score. Yeah. Like you can have, you can be one type of person without necessarily being the other type of person. But well, we never asked if you concurred. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, um, I don't, I feel like your stance on it is like completely reasonable. Um, 
but I I think it's just a, different types of people are going to fall on like your side of the fence, yeah. or more towards like mine and Chad's side of the fence. Because like I I I love this game. Mm-hmm. I loved it then, and I still love it now. And a lot of it does have to do with nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like trying to divorce myself from that. I, I I like walking simulators. Yeah. And I feel like this is almost like an ideal kind of version of that. Because it's giving you like an on-rails like environment to walk, essentially walk through. And But it's giving you something more interactive to do. But like this, the appeal is still like walking through and looking at stuff. Right. So... I guess if I had to clarify my statement so that people on the internet don't think that I just, like, generally hate safaris. Yeah. Like, it is acceptable to hate safaris. (laughs) That is not a thing that anyone's going to call you out on. Sure, sure. I just, there is a version of this game that has no interactive elements that is a straight safari that I'd like, but the version of that game would require, like, AI models and possible interactions between Pokemon that are so far advanced compared to what they could have done on the N64. Yeah. Like, I'm not even sure, like, the level of interactions that would have to exist for me to just enjoy sneaking around and taking photos of, of Pokemon could, like, exist in an acceptable form today or not, but I'm open to question on that. See, I think we're kind of stumbling onto, like, the reason why people like this game so much, even today, is I think there's something enjoyable, like, w- weirdly something enjoyable about playing the game and like being like oh like and thinking about how it could be better you know what i mean like because like you play the game and you're like oh they could have done this and that would have been cool (laughs) and like that's enjoyable i think that there's like it's just like a what 1999 like, like seven there's a 17 year removal but it's still immersive in, like, a weird meta way. Yes. Because when you played this game as a child, you were immersed in the game because it was a game that was, like, it's Pokemon, taking pictures of Pokemon. They seem, to your mind, to be acting naturally the way that they would (laughs) if they were actual Pokemon. And that, like, just fucking bombed your brain, and you had no idea what was happening. And then now, it's like you're immersed in the game in as much as you're interested in, like, the system that it provides you. You're like, what is this thing that I loved so much 17 years ago, and why is it so good? Why do I have these memories of it? And, like, what could have been? The buttons are so much clearer now. I also love that... Pokemon and how they would behave in their natural environment to the mind of a 10-year-old child is like, a Pikachu would totally get on that surfboard. So, and yeah. just straight, just be treat cheesing. Like... <laughs> is that a surfboarding term, cheesing? No, that's when you, like, pose for a picture. Oh. that's. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you cheesing. Oh. But yeah, I think that's why we keep circling back around to, like... Our ideal version, like ideas of the game. I don't think I've ever had a conversation about this game with anyone that didn't, in some way, relate to like a possible future Kirby <laughs> One Snap game. Like it's something that's so in demand, and I was a little bit quiet, like a little bit ago. I was on my phone, um, I was trying to find a quote uh, from Masudo, who's the uh, head of the, the Pokemon company, mm-hmm. and evidently this is. And I've I've read this quote before. But, uh, Do you know how old the quote is? Because like I like brought up, this has been like 
a 10-year thing yeah. that people wanted a Pokemon Snap too. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the quote is, at least since the release of the Wii U, because he mentions it specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, but basically he's saying that they get it all the time, but they are the Pokemon company, and this game was made by Hal. So all they've said basically is that it seems as though a lot of people want it, but they don't want the game to be too predictable. And they always say that, and then they keep releasing Pokemon games that are functionally identical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but th- they aren't stopping the game from being made. Okay. That they're just, like, not... It's not even a thing they're thinking about. Yeah. So. I, I've also heard that they've stated that they don't just want to make the same game again, mm-hmm. and they don't have any like ideas of what they could do new, so they don't want to make it. Right. In all these conversations that we have about Pokemon Snap, and it's like <laughs> hypothetical things that it could do better, or things that are missing from the original version, why is that conversation always taken in such a positive light? Like, you could think... Of like any other given game, where like, oh god, this game would be so much better if it just had this, and it's like a huge disappointment, <laughs> and it's always talked about negatively. Right. Why is it like a hope for the future thing in Pokemon Snap's case? Uh, this is this is the cheesiest thing I will probably ever say. Okay, and that is because we love fucking Pokemon. <laughs> like we, as human beings who played Pokemon when it was released. And who have picked up and kids these days who have picked up Pokemon since then, it is such an enrapturing franchise that people who are big fans of the games want Pokemon to be real. <laughs> like people want to like go outside and play with their pet Growlithe and shit, and are like it's like the last remaining like childhood hope of just like really loving a thing. Yeah, I, I think that's a really great, like, train of thought there. Because, like, that's why Pokemon Go is so popular. It's like you can project them onto the real world, and, like, it's that much easier to pretend that they're real. Right. Like, I feel like people... <laughs> just like to interject, just so that we don't come off as crazy, we don't actually think that Pokemon could ever be real. <laughs> right. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a long metaphor. <laughs> so... And I think Pokemon Snap, kind of pe- people think of that as like this kind of golden opportunity to really get that idea right. Yeah. Because it feels like this game from like a pulled back perspective is the game that doesn't have the system. Like It's not a gamey JRPG in the way the main series games are. This one really does feel like these worlds like... or. In 1999, and in our fucking hearts and minds, <laughs> yes. this game feels like these worlds exist with Pokemon in them, and you're just out there looking at them. It, yeah. yeah, it also it delivers that missing element from the main series games. Because like, in the main series games, you walk into the grass, and then the screen flashes, and then you're brought into like a little <laughs> arena battle yeah. right. with that's grass turn, that's turn-based. That almost always looks the same. And... Yes. And, like, this game, like, lets you, like, inhabit the world of Pokemon and see the Pokemon walking around. And I think that's just something people have always wanted. Yeah. Whether or not that world happens to be our world or a world that we can go in in, like, a weird little zero-one ball orb (laughs) thing. Right. Regardless, as long as we can inhabit and see them just sort of dicking around in various (laughs) environments, we'll be really appreciative of that. Yeah, and I think it's also, like... 
especially appealing to like people our age specifically because like to anyone listening who doesn't know we're all like mid 20s mm-hmm. right so we were like in the first grade when pokemon came out <laughs> so like we're like at ground zero <laughs> yeah. of pokemon like we are we, are, like, we were the pokemon target audience yes yeah and so like i feel like people our age who like pokemon still like it's just that lasting shockwave effect that Pokemon has had that like people really want yeah. that Poke- uh, interacting with Pokemon Safari experience. Because <laughs> you could create all sorts of like real world vignette style games of things that aren't Pokemon and they would fail so hard, so fast. Even if you did like the, the cool real world integration stuff that everyone else learned. Like, I don't know why I, this conversation just made me remember this. Because this has got to be something that's been real deep back there for many decades. But do you guys remember the scanners? Uh, and this could be the because there's probably been a million things named scanners with a Z. But uh, okay, the Z like brought it back. So it's like I remember the horror movie from the eighties <laughs> scanners. <laughs> yeah, there's been many scanners things. Yeah, like I, I'll I'll probably have the name wrong, which but this should be the name of this product anyway. Mm-hmm. But they were these little devices that were like Tamagotchis, but the things were big and ugly looking in the size of your hand, and they were just barcode scanners. Yep, and you would scan oh, barcodes to find creatures. Yep, I yes. had one. It was I, real goofy. I didn't have one, but I do remember that. Yeah, so like. That is, like, a really contrived version of what Pokemon Go is now. Mm -hmm. And the memory is, like, deep under many layers of bedrock and sandstone because we give no shits about whatever the actual things were that we were finding. Yeah. Yeah. If that was... If you were, like, scanning a soup can and you got an Ekans out of it, like, (laughs) fucking people would be all over that shit. And would... Nobody would even venture to question why this was even a thing. Yeah. God... I, th- I feel like that would be so ludicrously successful, just like Pokemon Go, right. that like it would be all over the news in a similar fashion, where like all these accidents <laughs> keep happening at grocery stores, <laughs> just like a bunch of like twelve-year-olds to like thirty-year-olds running around the Kroger. Yeah, there's like specific barcodes that have super rare Pokemon. Hey, that's so, what like, I was just, just like say. fighting each other over like the soup. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking like one box of Rice Krispies, and, like. <laughs> Like, oh my god, this is gonna blast toys on and people fucking like start tearing heads off trying to get to it. It's like no yeah, it's like a scene from a movie where like somebody picks it up and it's like, Oh man, there's a blast toys in this and like everything goes quiet and like everyone turns and looks at them. People are, like climbing over shelves and jumping down. Yeah. And that's what Pokemon inspires in all of us. That yeah. we would just society would cease mm. if Pokemon <laughs> never like there's the Pokemon priority oh. and there's like the social obligations down here. Yeah. Fucking VR Pokemon Snap. This is something that I was like be I was concerned about even mentioning. <laughs> You're in a cart. You don't have to have movement controls. Right. All you need are your hands and your God, eyes. Oh, that God. could be the kind of killer app that VR needs and will never have because it's an intended property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like, I think Pokemon Snap VR would sell so many VR headsets. God, you could actually throw the little balls of stink 
to yeah. like, oh, like throw in the actual pester balls. Yeah. yeah, think of how great it would be as if throwing a pester ball was like literally you picking up and just like decking a Pikachu <laughs> yeah. right in the face. Like the speed of your hand actually dictates how fast the ball goes. They couldn't do that because then they would have a bunch of like Wii mode through TV situations. Yeah. Like they I mean, it. all of the current VR like handheld peripherals already come with a strap because ah, of course. It, the, yep. the, uh, the idea of, of VR generally is to like fully immerse yourself in a game. And therefore, you would think to let go of the thing you're throwing because that's what you do in real life. Yeah. It's this, just dangerous. <laughs> it's once just illustrating like how much like of a like vice grip Pokemon has on like the public conscience. Yeah, is yeah, like well, throwing a really extra, specific subset of the public. Yeah, conscience, a subset of the public, but like people, yeah. just yeah. the act of like throwing a Pokeball in VR. Seems like super appealing. <laughs> yeah, like incredibly like in, satisfying. The, and just that alone. <laughs> God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, it's just incredible how much like not. I guess I think it's lazy to just call it nostalgia. I think what it actually is. I think attachment's more appropriate here because yeah. it's not just. I don't love Pokemon because I love my childhood. Pokemon <laughs> is just a thing that I love independent of that childhood. Right. Yeah, it's I feel deep. like my my love of it is deepened though because of how it affected my like childhood, how integral it is which is like yeah, yeah, just which is nostalgia. It's kind of, it's the same kind of thing that like leads people our age to be like huge Harry Potter fans, where it's like it's a thing that we literally grew up with. Yeah. Like our earliest formative memories of playing games likely involved Pokemon in some way, and. The, as you continue, the games keep coming out, spin-offs come out, you buy them, your parents buy them, and then eventually you're at Walmart at 2 in the morning on the release day of X and Y, breaking the promise that you made to yourself that you would never buy a 3DS. <laughs> God, every single, like, for the last couple of generations, I've gotten a little burnout on the main series games, and I'm always like... Unless they like make like a full 3D game, I'm not gonna. I probably might not get the next Pokemon game. You're so pumped. And then they did, yeah. and then they made Pokemon X and Y, and I'm like, well, okay, Pokemon X and Y was a little underwhelming, and then they remade Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I was like, I'm gonna have to get that. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. They made the transition to 3D, but they didn't actually really change the game design at all, and that's disappointing. So I probably won't get the next one. <laughs> and now they're coming out with Sun and Moon, and it looks super cool, <laughs> and I'm going to have to get it. Yeah. Like, Pokemon is like, we're all like fish, and they're the fishermen. They like keep giving us some slack, and they reel us back in. <laughs> this is probably sort of tainted by how much... Um, Pokemon Go has influenced public consciousness currently, yeah. but Sun and Moon is, like, officially the most pre-ordered Nintendo game in history. Wow. Yeah. Well, the, people gotta get that Munchlax. What? Yeah. yeah, your pre-order bonus is a Munchlax. Oh, goddammit, really? <laughs> uh, um, on that really weird metaphor and a comment about Pokemon Sun and Moon... Let's go into the break, because <laughs> I have no idea what the hell we're even talking about anymore, and we'll uh, try and figure something out.
welcome back from the break. Um, what the fuck else do we even have to talk about with this game? I thought the, like, Mew shit was weird. Yeah. I thought Mew was weird and shit. That part where, like, you found Mew shit in all the levels <laughs> right. led you to where like, Mew oh, was. This is, a, this is a coprolite sample of an ancient Pokemon, Mew. What is a coprolite? It's, like, the scientific term for, like, fossilized poop. Oh. Yeah. Why do you yeah, know that? You dumbass. J- Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jurassic Park. That makes sense. I don't even know if they use the term, but that like made me, as I think every kid in the '90s, spiral into a weird <laughs> dinosaur obsession. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, Mew is strange in, in its implementation. It's not even technically wrong to say that you find Mew shit all over the place. It's just not literally shit. It's right, like Mew yeah. paraphernalia. I get why they did all the secrets, just because it's a video game, and they didn't have a whole lot else they can do other than just try and make cool little weird level design secrets. Yeah. But the actual level, I thought was odd, because they, like, completely intentionally forego all of the, like, environmental exploration. I I, I want to get into what you're talking about, but I think that it is... Uh, it, it is not prudent to skip over, like, the Pokemon signs as, like, a concept. Okay. So before you get to Rainbow Cloud, like, you do have to take photographs of all of these signs. Yeah, because I was being pretty dismissive of the signs. You were kind of being dismissive of the signs. Yeah. So what happens is, after you've gone through all the levels, Professor Oak gives you the speed up, power up, whatever. Right. That enhanced engine, or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> And you can then speed through the levels again to get the Pokemon signs, which are basically just, like, natural formations and things of that nature that look like Pokemon that you take pictures of. Right. That unlock the final level. Right. And and I think they're, like, arguably one of the more clever design decisions in the game because it's the only thing that makes you not only be looking at Pokemon models. Like, it's a thing that you actually have to keep an eye out for and even occasionally even, like, solve puzzles mm-hmm. to, like, see and understand what they're going for. Yeah, they do have varying levels of sort of not just complexity to access, but how easy or difficult it is to find them. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it depends on how observant you are as a 10-year-old, but, like, I would I barely even count, like, the Doug Trio land Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that one is literally just Doug Trio's face that one, on I think a mountain. It's is, like Mount Rushmore with Doug yeah. Trio. I think that one's supposed to be, like, the introduction to the concept. Because like, you, you see that so obviously. Like, you probably have seen at least one so far, but, mm-hmm. like, that one definitely sticks out in your memory. And then right after that level is when you're told that they exist. So you're like, oh, that Doug Trio mountain. <laughs> I would love to be the kid that took the photo of that, just assuming it was the best Doug Trio like in the, the history of time. The hugest yes. Doug Trio ever. <laughs> it's a level one million Doug Trio. Yeah. Once your Doug Trio becomes, transcends level 100 and becomes like a god. Lord Doug Trio. Atlas Doug Trio. <laughs> the world is actually just its body below right. the little thing. Its heads are the, just its head in actuality. Yeah. That's good. 
That's really what I wanted to say. About Pokemon <laughs> Planet. I I think that they're really cool, and I'm glad that they exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. If nothing else, they add like some variety to the game. Yeah. And they're pretty memorable. I really liked the the complex ones more because I found those to trigger my memories. Like the fact that the Kingler one sort of just looks like a polygon mess, and so you get to the yeah. right angle. The mm. shock of finding the Mewtwo stars. Yeah. Whatever that means. Whatever any of this means, frankly, <laughs> none of it makes sense in terms of like. Uh, there's obviously nothing, literally nothing special ever about a Kingler. Like, <laughs> nope. no one has ever... Kingler is no one's favorite Pokemon. Uh, and yet, like, Kingler gets to be one of the six Pokemon immortalized says. in the Mew level. <laughs> yeah. What about Connie's Kingler? That's an important Kingler. Who the Connie? fuck is Connie? Connie with a K. Like, like, like the Kingler of Connie's castle? What? Is that an episode of the show? No. Like, it's... Is this what? a totally made-up thing? <laughs> is no. this your fan fiction? It's not. It's the, like, Is it, like, a red-headed little girl in a castle <laughs> with a kingler? No. <laughs> Who, like, protects her? It's actually the opposite of that. <laughs> that Connie's castle. It's a, a blonde man. <laughs> Oh, who's an adult? Yeah. It's a, Connie's <laughs> castle is like a tiny one-room gambling establishment. That exists, <laughs> that ex- yeah, I've been there. That exists. The Connie's castle is a Pokemon gym and go, oh. and I have made it my mission to only fill it with Kinglers, and I keep trying. To- <laughs> Neither of us were like aware of this as a thing before just now. You've never like seen Connie's- the Kinglers. Connie's- I know. Every time I go by that area, it's always like. Owned by Valor. Uh-oh. Those bastards. Uh, Connie's Kingler Castle just sounds like an episode of the show. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I immediately attached to it and be like, yeah. nope, only Kinglers in this castle. And it's great because the only reason you see Kinglers like at a gym and go is if someone got the joke. So like I, you know, when I like made up the gym and then like two other people threw their Kinglers into the pile. <laughs> even, I'm just gonna go I need to go put my Kingler in Connie's castle now. Yeah, I yeah, you do. Just shove my Kingler back in. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this slightly earlier, and I swear we will get back to talking about Mew. But I love that, like, the, like because this game came out in 99, the only people who would even be listening to this podcast are probably also in their 20s. Yeah. But it's great that, like, we're just like, what the fuck is Mew doing? <laughs> like, Pokemon Snap is, like, literally the most innocent game imaginable. Yeah. Like, you can't even point to it as, like, a nefarious shovelware game that happens to also be made for four-year-old girls. <laughs> this is just, like... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it really does straddle the line between like cash grab and innocent thing that you love. Right. Yeah, it does a good job of not seeming like a thing that just wants your money, even though that's clearly the reason that it exists. But anything with Pokemon's name on it is going to get your money anyway. Yeah. So they can just have their like innocent whatever the fuck ideas. Yeah, they have to make a game that is not bad. Yeah. Pokemon Snap gets to have its cake and eat it too. Yeah. Yeah. Are you done with all your bullshit related no, to the pr- rock structures? Probably Chad? not. Okay. But we'll get we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, Mew. Do you know about geodes? <laughs> I do. Okay, come on. So Mew is not like really in an environment. It's the Mew level since it's like moderately difficult to access in the first place, I sort of consider like a secret in and of itself. Do you think that got you think that's fair? Uh 
No. I think the existence of the Mew level constitutes a secret. Because the game tells you how to get to it specifically. It does? It's been so long. Yeah, it, like, after you finish the valley, which is like the last regular level, Oak's like, get all these Pokemon signs. And then when you do, it just unlocks the level. Oh. Does it give you a reason to get them? No. I say the it's actual like what it is and its actual existence is a secret, but like everyone's gonna find it because yeah. the game leads you straight to it. So it's the same sort of like ambiguous presence of a secret in the same way that like Undertale's endings can be. Or most of them are very, very explicitly either marked or are just after you beat the game implied to be a thing you're supposed to do. But I don't know if that's the best comparison, but yeah, I think. Okay. But, okay. So it seems like like they intentionally f- completely abandoned any notion that, like, Mew is, like, in an environment. Mew is now just in, like, space clouds, or the, which they at least took the time to, like, have the constellations of Kingler, Coughing, Mewtwo. Pinsir. Pinsir, Cubone, Dugtrio. Yeah. Yes. The legendary six gods of the Pokemon universe right. all just sort of sprinkled up into the sky. And we should make uh, like uh, a team yeah. of those six and see what happens. Should. Oh yeah, it's the fact that six is a really important number in the Pokemon yeah. series just occurred to me yeah. too. But they, like, it seems like they decided to shift the main appeal from the camera exploration game that we've been talking about most of the time into something kind of resembling an actual shooter because that's what they could do with the mechanic set. It's sort of like just a junk rat level, like extreme proto yeah, right. TF2 whatever that Demo guy man. was. Demo man. Yeah. yeah. It, it basically feels like they were like how do we essentially do a boss fight in this game? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's basically what Mew is. Yeah, you have a single target who takes like a set number of hits before uh, dancing, and then you can take a picture of him. Yeah, the idea of a of the camera flash being the enemy, I thought was really creative. I bet yeah. the guy who ever came up with that last minute was really excited about it. I think he was it was like crunch time. I, just, I remember it being one of those things, like as a kid, it being like super frustrating and stressful to try to get like a picture of Mew. Mm-hmm. So I always thought it was really effective in that way. That like, am I gonna be able? to get him before the stage runs out. Yeah. Right. As a kid, I just hilariously never got it, ever. Oh, yeah? I never understood. I just never bridged that mechanical gap and started treating it like a shooter with the stink bombs. Although, that's clearly just me being stupid, not anything wrong with the signaling <laughs> of the game. Like, I just was a kid who was like, I don't want to have Mew be scared away, so I never pressed the button to try and, like, throw a stinky thing at it. I just wanted it to be peaceful and loving, and I was okay with it. Not wanting to be, you know, photographed. Apparently the game really wants you to just do anything in your fucking power to get a photograph of Mew. It just busted out of its protective bubble. If we were taking this, like, real, we were thinking about it realistically, like, getting a picture of Mew would be a huge deal. Yeah. Like, no matter how much you love Pokemon... It'd be like if you saw... You'd have, like, a billion-dollar photograph on your hand. Like, it'd be like if you saw a unicorn in real life, (laughs) and you were like... I won't take a picture of it. Even though I totally have the ability to take. It a picture probably of it doesn't right want to have its picture taken. Uh, yeah, but like, 
when you, with the unicorn example, it's it's that's closer to the way the rest of Pokemon Snap is, where you're just walking through an environment and then suddenly like a beautiful thing, you take a picture of yeah, a beautiful thing. And sometimes you have to interact to get them to do the things that you want, but most of the time it's just the safari treatment. Like in order for the uniform unicorn example to be comparable, the unicorn would have to be like taking active measures to not be photographed specifically. Well, I was making the comparison of like it its rarity. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> But what mattered to me wasn't, when I was a kid anyway, was not the rarity of Mew. It was that, yeah. like, I didn't want... See, you, just weren't, you want, just weren't role-playing as Todd Snap. If, assuming Todd Snap is, like... Would stop at nothing <laughs> to get a picture of Mew. Yes. <laughs> assuming Todd Snap is this weird authoritarian guy who's, like, made it his life's mission to find this Mew and photograph it. I think they try to set that up with the opening cutscene. So well, he has, I mean, like, a he, personal it's just that mission. he's seen the Mew. Yeah, right? and, like, so he has that itch to, like, find it again and get a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's also notable to some extent that, like, you associate your player character in a main series Pokemon game as, like, yourself. You mm. don't think of yourself as Ash Ketchum. Mm-hmm. Um, or and, Red. Or Red. But you could think of yourself as Red. But you, could. you would never think of yourself as Ash Ketchum. No. I mean, I'm maybe somebody... Because Ash is a defined character. Right. But Todd Snap gets his name from the anime. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, Todd Snap might do anything in his power to get this Mew. But JJ, the character I'm playing as, me, right. is going to let that Mew be. Be an okay guy yeah. floating around. Maybe it's just because I think the pester balls are a way bigger deal than they actually are. You seem to impose this idea that the pester balls like smell bad. Yeah. But they release like a puff of pink gas, yeah. which is like the universal sign for like a pleasant rosy well, smell. It's purple gas, which is a signal for poison. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, look up the Wikipedia on the pester, on ball. pester balls. Yeah, it's like it releases, like, a nauseous gas that, like, makes the Pokemon, like, sick. Yeah, vomit. Or something, horrible. yeah. Like, it, but, um... I assume it was just, like, coughing juice they compressed this, That's something that, like, I never even really thought about as a kid. Yeah. I always found, like, the Pester Balls to be, like, super satisfying to use. <laughs> I just... Even though it clearly, like, hurts certain Pokemon when you hit them with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really erratic about the things as a child that I was, like, pro-hurting and against hurting. <laughs> okay, here it is. They release a noxious Pokemon repellent that can knock out or stun a Pokemon. Yeah. So you're lobbing that. Yeah. I don't want to do yeah, either of those things Pokemon. to Mew. If it was just, like, fucking Shelter, he gives a shit. There's, like, millions of those. They'll get on with it. But, I mean, like, you wouldn't throw a noxious gas at a unicorn. Probably not. I mean, you're, like, for most of 100% the time, positive that it'll survive the experience. I'm sure that a lot of people would just shoot a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, it would be, it. like, tranquilizing it, but less extreme. Yeah. I generally don't know the extremeness of tranquilizer darts. But, I mean, like, you're, like, p- making it go unconscious. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a pester ball is just going to stun them for, like, two seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which seems not nearly as bad. So maybe, like, would oh. you flashbang a unicorn? <laughs> why not? <laughs> what do you mean, why not? To get a fucking picture of a unicorn? Yeah, I'd probably flashbang Yeah. Anything. Absolutely. <laughs> if I had, like, the requisite $300 in the buy phase to buy the flashbang grenades. 
Yeah, I guess you guys have sold me on it. I would flashbang a unicorn. <laughs> okay. Uh, on that note. What do you like about Pokemon Snapchat? The, wow, you're just taking... I'm, I'm the host of this show, JJ. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Know your place. What do you like about this game, JJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we have, like, final thoughts? Or anything, like, pressing that we haven't brought up yet? No, I'm good. No, literally tiny. nothing. It's, it, like, the mechanics of this game is just so simplistic. Because you're just taking photos is, like, your primary verb. And then occasionally, like, the the, the, the apples... What do they call them in-game? Apples. <laughs> God damn it. I feel like you're right, but I think that... They are just apples. They, they are don't just call literally them. apples. They don't call them something. Poke apples? Poke okay, fruit. Like, I'm pretty sure that it's just apples. They're not, like, Caterpie candy or something? That'd be a reasonable... Caterpie <laughs> candy. Because they're worms. They're like, uh, living there. Like, um, I actually can't think. They don't actually name a food after Pokemon, like, ever. Really? Pokemon. Yeah. It's always, like, like lava cookies. Unless it literally is part of a Pokemon, like, Slowpoke Tales. Mm-hmm. I guess they do just have, like, soda, lemonade. Yeah. 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 Bottled water. Only $200 a piece. <laughs> um, but anyway, you have apples. Right, so you have apples that are like used as a lure, or like as a breadcrumb trail, or to whack something. Right, whack something, but not super hard. Right, and then when you want to whack something super hard, you use the pester balls, and then the flute, which just like, you may as well just attempt to use it on everything and see what happens. Oh yeah, that's something. Why are there three different flute tracks? There are two flute tracks. Three. Why are there two Is different flute one? tracks? Why are there three different flute tracks? <laughs> um. Uh, flute tracks. It's like hit clips. <laughs> I don't think it ever actually has any yeah. kind of a mechanic. Like it will make like Pokemon that react to it will usually have like a slightly, slightly, slightly different reaction to the different songs. Dude, I don't even think that's true. Snorlax, Snorlax will do a different did. dance. To um, each song. Uh, that's so, gonna be the only one. And so will yeah. the Travelers. And they so have a different the, dance? Yeah, so yeah. the Jinxes. They yeah. all have a different dance to the different songs. It's just know. a weird, redundant thing. Yeah. I just imagine Todd Snap doesn't want to just keep playing the same song over and over again. Yeah. He's, he's got the, the passion for music in his heart. But he's not, like, playing the song, like, pressing a stereo button. He's, like, literally just, like, playing. I'm assuming that he's literally playing the flute, even yeah. though you can play the flute and take photos at the same time. Where does every child in the Pokemon universe have the ability to just play a flute? They're really, I think I imagine, they're like recorders, yeah. so they're just really easy to and play. I okay. also imagine you don't like need to play a specific song for it to work. Like I think you could just like put it to your mouth and play a note. Like a dog pro- whistle. And it would probably wake up Snorlax or whatever the fuck you need it for. Man, dog whistles that also made music would be cool but unappreciable by us. I'm a professional dog whistle player. Well, yeah, that would be ridiculous. It's like literally, it's a thing that no human being would ever even realize was happening. Yep. You would just be sort of fiddling. And the dogs would presumably be dancing. Dogs would be dancing. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. <laughs> what are we talking about next time? Next time, uh, we're going to talk about as much of Assassin's Creed 2 as we can. I probably shouldn't just preface it by being like, we're not going to finish this game. 
Next week, we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed 2. Um, Dude, we got deep into Skyrim. I have faith in us. I'm, ooh, I don't know. This game is going to be long, and I have, like, basically three days available to play it, so we'll see what happens. 72 hours of Creed. Dude, I also need to, like, sleep. Nah. And eat food. Nah. I guess I could eat while playing. And if there's anything you can do in the game by just walking forward, I can maybe sleep <laughs> while just holding the W key. I don't think they're going to have any microwave rooms in Assassin's Creed. No. We'll see what happens. If you want to get a hold of us and let us know how to beat Assassin's Creed while sleeping, um, you can do so at noclippodcast at gmail.com, on our website, noclippodcast.com, on YouTube, just noclip, on Twitter, at noclippodcast. And, of course, you are likely listening to us on iTunes. If you're not, check it out. Uh, and leave a review, a rating. Tell us we're great. You guys want to say goodbye? No. This week I will, yeah. Oh, yeah? Goodbye. Do you remember uh, Batman Loves Him a Criminal? Maybe. It's the, like predictive text Batman story that they wrote on metal phones. Yes! We went to, this is just yesterday, we went to the blog that like compiles all of these. Oh god. And just we're reading them and they're so good. Dude, read the Megabus review. Alright. If you can find it. Megabus is where I am the best of people. <laughs> Megabucks, Megabucks, fuck it. Megabus is definitely no taxi. Megabus is better than a sidewalk. <laughs> Megabus is like sitting on a plane to the destination. <laughs> Megabus is responsible for my trips from beginning to end. I can pay cash for a round trip bus from point A to point Megabus. <laughs> <laughs> the price is definitely worth the bus ride. <laughs> Which I love that that's just backwards. Like, you had to take a bus in order to get a good price. Uh, the bus is equipped with a perfect bus customer. The, the bus is pretty epic, and I got to drive it. <laughs> Probably because I am the bus driver on the road to Philly. <laughs> I like sitting on the bus that I took to Philly from Boston. I did not experience a car on the bus, but I did actually have a bus ride. I spent a big time in a great bathroom on the mega bus. Mega bus is where the bus is zen with mega bus. It's all Megabus. It is all based on the road. Megabus is a plus on a plus on a plus. <laughs> <laughs>